Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly and today on The Detail, cameras on fishing boats. They've been promised for years, finally they were due to roll out on a thousand vessels on July the 1st. Then last week they were quietly put on ice again. It's really disappointing but not very surprising. This is the latest in a pattern of delaying this legislation. We've seen it pushed back again and again, often quietly. If we don't measure something, we can't manage it. And literally, hundreds of marine mammals and thousands of seabirds, you know, the, the Antipodean albatross will be extinct within 20 years if we don't take action. Are the big fishing companies taking their responsibilities seriously or are they stretching out their industry by delay, 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 so they can get away with making as much money as possible for as long as possible? This is a complicated tangle of powerful fishing companies, politics and money. Cameras are all about transparency. They're all about public accountability and providing proof that the industry, as they state, have nothing to hide. Now, if they have nothing to hide, why aren't we seeing cameras on some of these big boats? News Hub investigative journalist Michael Mora has been covering the $4 billion fishing industry for a decade. I do not buy the argument from the Minister that there hasn't been enough consultation, that the technology isn't good enough and that it's too expensive. I just don't buy it. Cameras have been talked about for years. Cameras have been trialled for years. MPI's had a whole division that's been working on it prepared to roll it out well before now and still quietly, just recently, all of a sudden it's put on the back burner yet again. That's a really, really unfortunate and bad look for the Labour government who came into power promising big things in terms of fisheries reform. The Minister's still saying that he wants cameras and that he's taking decisive action but I really just don't think he's quite got there at all. When the big commercial inshore trawlers drag up tonnes of fish from the bottom of the ocean, they also net species they don't want or shouldn't have. Morris been out on Sanford and Sealord boats, including a trip to the Hawkey fishery in Cook Strait. It is really physical work and the people on these vessels do a, a, a magnificent job and they work really hard. And I don't think anyone wants to damage fish or waste fish but I mean what you see is on the sounder you'll see where the hokey are sitting and then the, the net drags through the middle of them and up comes vast amounts and I'm talking 33 tonne per haul or tow if you like, that's a single tow. And so what you have is a process of the nets coming up, filled with fish. You've got birds diving around. You've got fur seals showing interest next to the net as well, diving around. And then downstairs in the sort of bowels of the boat, you have conveyor belts feeding the fish from the deck down onto ice buckets, and then they go into freezers where they're stashed up and stacked up. I mean, you also saw some waste, though. That was interesting from my perspective because I saw the dogfish being filtered out and just chucked away because they weren't sort of deemed as very valuable. And so dead. they were. Yeah, they were chucked overboard dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the industry calls it returned to the sea. But mm-hmm. generally, most things you catch in a fishing net that is returned to the sea are dead. 
because when a net comes up from such depths and when there's such a vast volume of fish in that net, um, they're crushed and they don't survive. And that goes for anything else that gets picked up along the way. Off Great Barrier Island I went out with the Sanford crew and, you know, you'd pick up anything from kingfish to snapper to stingrays and everything gets picked up in those nets. Five critically endangered New Zealand sea lions have died so far this year after being um, captured in fishing nets around the Auckland Islands, so we know that. Uh, four endangered hectares dolphins have been caught by commercial fishers off the South Island's east coast this summer. And that's, and that's part of the issue, I think, um, that many of the environmental groups will talk about, is that nets are an indiscriminate way of fishing when you're using them in a trawl system because you're dragging the nets along the bottom of the ocean and picking up whatever happens to be in the path. So that's the reason for cameras on the boats? Absolutely. I mean, it's about transparency and about public accountability. And I think there is a bigger drive now than there ever has been to have an understanding of where your food comes from, how it was caught, what was harmed in the making of that food. And like I say, the fishing industry has said over and over again, we've got nothing to hide. Well, then let's get on and put cameras on boats. MPI figures show New Zealand's commercial fishing is worth more than $4 billion a year. It employs 13,000 people and about 600,000 tonnes of seafood is harvested. 94% of commercial catch by weight is from sustainable stocks and that means up to 6% or 36,000 tonnes is not sustainably caught. However, there remains plenty of concern about the idea of what is actually sustainable. The Hawke fishery is certified sustainable by the Marine Stewardship Council. That's despite a previously secret report from the Ministry in 2011 saying hundreds of tonnes of catch had been misreported by some of the country's biggest fishing companies. And the true figure of the non-sustainable catch is not known because of under-reporting and dumping. Mora has been leaked several reports on this, including from the Ministry itself. You've got a document here called Operation Achilles. What is that? So Operation Achilles was a compliance investigation report completed in 2013, and in my mind this report was really what generated the momentum for change um, back in 2016. Now, the momentum for change only built up at this point is because this document was leaked to me in its entirety. And it's an interesting report because what it reveals is that while the Ministry for Fisheries back then was testing out some cameras to see what the interaction was between fishing boats and dolphins in the South Island. They also, while they were filming, observed that the skippers on most of these five vessels in the South Island were dumping vast quantities of quota species and not recording them, which is illegal. They were also capturing dolphins, which if you don't record it, is also illegal. Now, the compliance arm of the fisheries ministry at this time said, we've got to go, these guys. They've broken the rules. We've got to prosecute. That was the recommendation from the compliance team. However, the bosses at MPI pushed back and effectively said, we don't want to upset the industry. 
we had buy-in with them. They trusted us to put the cameras on the boat to trial out this scientific experiment, and we don't want to upset um, the industry. And it, it was this footage that, that came out, and eventually the ministry was forced to kind of reveal all the footage um, that you know put the then Minister Nathan Guy from National um, under a hell of a lot of pressure. What this report also revealed is what amounts to mistruths from our fisheries ministry um, and from, well, mistruths from MPI. At the time, they claimed publicly over and over again on various media outlets, including RNZ and News Hub, that they could not prosecute these fishermen identified in this report because they had legal advice which stated that they could not prosecute. Now, I laid a complaint with the ombudsman seeking this legal advice and lo and behold, it turns out there never was any legal advice. So what MPI's executive team had been saying on the record over and over was utter rubbish. Now that's a problem for trust and accountability in our regulator. Can the Ministry for Primary Industries ensure all fishing boat skippers comply fully with the law? That is the question. MPI itself says yes, but some, including recreational fishers, aren't nearly so sure. This follows, of course, the Ministry's decision to not prosecute commercial fishing boats caught dumping tonnes of fish, a decision described as confused by an inquiry into the dumping and the prosecutions. Is it incompetence on the part of the Ministry, or what? I think it amounts to a cover-up. I truly do. That's how I would interpret what went on with Operation Achilles. That's something that Nathan Guy denied. There's been no cover-up here. These are an internal draft investigation, a part of which has been uh, unfortunately leaked. And unfortunately for the Minister, Nathan Guy, at the time, we kept getting leaked more reports which showed a pattern of illegal behaviour without consequence with the regulator deciding to issue warnings or do nothing at all. And it was at that point where the minister said in 2016, right, I want cameras on all boats and I want it done now. So in 2017, the national government passed regulations requiring all commercial fishing vessels in New Zealand waters to carry the cameras by April 2018. But that didn't happen. What, what happened? Yeah, well, look, I think um, it's important to sort of, you know, again go back in time and look at what was happening around this time with the revelations of Operation Achilles, Nathan Guy from National under a hell of a lot of pressure, the election coming up in 2017, Labor was saying that there needed to be an inquiry into fisheries, the Green Party was saying we need cameras on boats, there was a lot of pressure out there. When the Prime Minister came into office on the 25th of October... She stated that there was dysfunction at MPI and it needed to be sorted out. On November 2017, the incoming minister, Stuart Nash, certainly in discussions I had with him, did not rule out um, an, an inquiry and certainly indicated that you know, everything was on the table in an interview I did with him. Just two months after that, the cameras were on the back burner. And in June 2018, a new announcement with Stuart Nash and the Prime Minister down there at Silo Park in front of the fishing boats where they said... We are proposing greater use of digital technology to protect our uh, threatened marine mammals. 
This is the next step in a longer term plan to strengthen our fisheries management system. Unfortunately that plan was a very watered down, somewhat lacking program of monitoring than had previously been kind of advocated for. By not, not cameras on the thousand fishing boats. Just cameras on 28 vessels that were operating in a Maui dolphin habitat. This is a major backdown by the government who seems to have buckled to the pressure of industry to not introduce cameras across uh, the whole of the inshore fishing fleet as they had said they would. It's important to know that these vessels already had human MPI observers on them because they were working in an area where there was heightened risk of them having interaction with these precious dolphins. Since then, what we've seen is the move to more transparency in the fishing industry has simply been delayed, deferred, despite plenty of assurances over the years that things were going to change. And that's really disappointing. And to the point where last week it came out very quietly that it was delayed for 15 months with no explanation. Cameras were supposed to be on board the boats from July the 1st, but this week a regulation was quietly introduced to Parliament, pushing the date forward to October 2021. It's interesting that one of the first things the Minister Nash did when he came into office was do the initial stall. And at the time he said that there had not been adequate consultation with the industry and proper process had not been followed. I just don't know if that stacks up, that argument. Cameras have been trialled for some time now, for years in fact, in the Snapper One fishery, which is our most popular um, and biggest fishery. It runs from basically the Coromandel to the tip of the North Island and the Cape Rianga. Mm -hmm. And cameras have been on those boats as part of um, a trial to see how they would go. And I know for a fact that um, vessels like Sanford that operate in these areas, they, were, they welcomed those cameras, they were happy to have them on board, so they said... As soon as all these delaying tactics have occurred, those cameras have been stripped off the boats. So if you go down now and have a look at the fishing vessels that are coming in, all of those fishing vessels down there at Silo Park in Auckland uh, used to have the fishing cameras positioned on them because mm -hmm. we'd regularly go down there and film them. Um, and now, of course, um, they've all of a sudden been stripped off. And the argument there is that, well, look, the trial's done and dusted. But some of this just doesn't quite stack up in terms of consultation. I know for a fact Sanford is happy to have cameras on board. So why aren't they on board yeah. for all big fishing boats? Well, that's the thing. And so who, who wants the cameras on board? We know that the environmental groups do. Do people in general? I mean, it's, it's hard to think that, that New Zealanders wouldn't want cameras on board. Yeah, well, look. Operation Achilles is a case in point. It revealed systemic, illegal dumping of valuable, precious quota species. That should not have happened. There should have been prosecutions, and there wasn't. What also came out after that was that the fishing industry was cozying up to MPI, and MPI were not wanting to upset the fishing industry. Now, that's a big problem if you're a regulator. It's a bit like the Civil Aviation Authority. You're there to do a job. You're there to um, in investigate poor practice and to take action against that, not to build up friendships with people in the fishing industry. Maura's been covering this story for several years and says it's often hard to get to the truth 
Well, look, it's it's quite hard to um, get information, and this this is one of the problems um, as uh, journalists. I mean, me being based here in Auckland, whenever there's a big fisheries announcement, I have a pretty good relationship with Sanford, so. I'll give them a call, um, or I'll call um, Seafood New Zealand, which is the industry body, um, the overarching, that does all the media interviews. Mm -hmm. But in terms of dialing up tallies or dialing up Sea Lord and having a yak to them on the phone and getting them on camera for something quick, I mean, it just doesn't really happen. Everything's deferred to Seafood New Zealand. They've been pretty forthcoming with doing on-camera interviews, as has Sanford, who I believe um, are probably ahead of some of the other companies in New Zealand in terms of wanting to um, act in a more responsible and sustainable way. So it's not clear whether a big company like Tally's is against cameras on boats? Well, Tally's and other fishing companies uh, were part of the group um, that wrote to the Minister back in 2016 and tried to block official information. The fishing industry wants the government to change the law to stop us showing pictures like this. It wants to block public access to images from cameras on boats, saying it's concerned the sight of fish being discarded or dead seabirds and other marine life could damage New Zealand's international reputation. They are trying to prevent the public from really seeing the terrible toll that their industry takes. They did not want the public or journalists or environmental groups to get access to pictures and video of fish that have been illegally caught or fish that have been dumped. They didn't want that. It's an extra layer of compliance, and at the end of the day, if journalists end up getting a copy of that video and it ends up on the 6 o'clock news, um, it's not ideal for your business. So what is behind this latest decision? The messages we've had from the Minister Stuart Nash around these delays, which have been going on for um, over a year now, has been that Nash did not think that there had been adequate consultation with the industry. He didn't think there'd been proper processes had been followed. He thinks that the technology is not yet available and that it's too expensive. What are we talking about? Is it, I saw a figure, maybe ten to 25,000, something like that? Yeah, ten to 25,000 max um, to have, have this all rigged up. And then there'd be additional costs on top of that for um, maintenance. Um, and then you'd have another cost as well for this um, electronic monitoring. So that sort of cost would not make it worthwhile for Joe Bloggs, who catches 10 tonne of eels in the central North Island and fishes for six weeks of the year. He just wouldn't go fishing. But not for the big corporates. And you've got to remember that quota in New Zealand is largely controlled um, by a handful of big fishing companies. Those big fishing companies will then um, lease some of the quota out to smaller fishermen who then have to land fish for that big company. And these big companies absolutely can afford this technology. This technology has already been trialled on the big boats for years. If anything, since Labour and this coalition partner New Zealand first have come into power, anything to do with transparency on fishing boats, in my opinion, has really gone backwards. What is it? What's the sticking point? Is it New Zealand first? Is it Shane Jones? Look, I think there's a combination of things going on here. I think what you have is reluctance and pushback from a very powerful fishing lobby that has very strong connections 
to some politicians. There is no secret that New Zealand First has connections to many individuals within the fishing industry. Shane Jones is the former chairman of Sea Lord. He's the former chair of the Māori Fisheries Commission. He's friends with Peter Talley. Talley's has given him at least 10 grand before the last election. And Jones has unusually, but interestingly, publicly gone into bat fatalities when they got charged with illegal fishing. Now, as a Minister of the Crown, it's probably not that advisable or proper to make comment on a current criminal case. But Jones decided, even though it was before the courts, that he would defend tallies publicly anyway. Jones described MPI's case against tallies as a mere technical issue when the Cabinet rules warn ministers against commenting on active cases before the courts. Today, he changed tact. They are uh, highly technical matters, and uh, no doubt the court will be possessed of all the information. It's completely unacceptable for a Cabinet minister to intervene in an active court case where the Crown is taking tallies to court for environmental damage. Now, I'm not saying categorically that New Zealand First has stopped cameras on boats, but it would be a mistake to not assume that they have had some influence in this decision. It's not a good look for Labour, is it, the, the Labour government? Look, a- absolutely not, and it's not a good look for the Greens. You know, Eugenie Sage was one of the most vocal people um, for cameras on boats. Now she's the Conservation Minister. Um, I know that she's frustrated with this, but it just hasn't got across the line. So in the end, does this really show the, the might of the industry, the power of this industry? Yeah, I think it does. Billions of dollars are at stake here, and it does show the power of the industry in terms of its ability to reshape or reform policy, and I also think it shows that the industry is very heavily politically connected. And unfortunately, I think, for Labour in this situation... They've said to themselves, there's some things we can do and there's some things we can't with a coalition partner like New Zealand First. And when it's come to cameras on boats, they've put that in the we can't basket. I think there's a feeling that the fishing industry and those that manage it have been given a real hard time by the public. They don't feel that they can do anything right, that... They're constantly being criticised because of the way in which they fish. And for that reason, I think there's a quite a big degree of secrecy and reluctance to, to take journalists, for example, out on fishing vessels. I know on the occasion that I have been out on fishing vessels, it required sign-off by a lot of people before I got the green light. And there was a high degree of nervousness having a journalist and a camera operator on board a Sanford fishing boat in Snapper One in a popular, you know, area. Yeah. I mean, if they if they pulled up a, a, a dolphin or something that they weren't supposed to, and I was on board, um, suddenly the whole story um, takes a different angle. And yeah. so, there is a degree of secrecy in the fishing industry and a reluctance, um, perhaps because they've been sort of bitten in the past to really open up um, Mm. to journalists. And perhaps part of that is um, 
the reason why they don't want to have cameras on their boats. And the future of fishing? Well, already on trial is a radical new technique that does away with traditional mesh nets which crush the fish and reduce the chance of releasing small fish alive. It's a new type of net called precision seafood harvesting. It's a tube-like structure which helps release smaller fish through holes and fish are landed on the deck of the boat in water, which means they're alive when landed and the chance of them surviving when released is greatly enhanced. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. If you're using Apple, give us a rating so other people can find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to News Hub's Michael Mora. Ma te wa.